Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello everyone and welcome to the Lower League Looks League One podcast. This week I'm your host Jamie Johnson and alongside me my co-host Seb Jones. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. I'm surprised with the amount of letters you're going to with, with uh, L you got in there. In that, it was, in that hard, it was hard work. It was when yeah, I, clearly, so, it down, you... I don't think I realised just how many there were. <laughs> you did a good job though, you did a good job. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I'm, so... I'm, I'm good, thank you uh, Jamie, are, are you good? Yeah, I mean, I'm all right. Very busy day, but we've got there in the end. Um, so, yeah, not too bad. Uh, we're going to look back over the weekend's games, uh, as well as a couple of transfer window highlights and uh, a sacking in the league that happened about, what, half an hour ago? Um, so, I'm sure we've got flaming hot takes on that one, Seb. Um, but we'll start with Charlton and their new manager, has been announced and it's Nathan Jones, as was sort of expected and predicted last week. He replaces Michael Appleton. Um, he was the favourite all the way, wasn't he, Seb? Yeah, he was. I mean, uh, perhaps a different sort of club to where he's been to previously. You know, he had that, that horrible spell at Southampton, but before that had a, a pretty successful period uh, at Luton. But both spells were, you, you deem, successful. Um, along with that, again, that miserable um Time at at Stoke that that wasn't great, but well, in terms of his time at Luton, that that was great. Uh, perhaps I see this as a little bit of a step back for him in terms of um, where Child well Charlton are in the league. You know they are a League One side. He's not managed in League One since he uh, got promoted with Luton just a few years ago. Uh, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, how he sort of adapts to the league. Bear in mind he's not managed in. Uh, well, in this division for for a couple of years now, um, the spells he has had in, in his past couple of clubs haven't gone uh, in in his favour really. 
but yeah, I think a, a solid manager. I think it's the type of play, uh, type of manager that that Charlton need to get themselves, you know, further up of that league and out of it, of any trouble. And and he'll definitely make sure of that. Yeah, I've always liked Nathan Jones. He's been a sort of manager I've uh, been a fan of, and he's done a well, he's done a bit of punditry work, hasn't he? And over this like big layoff he's had since that Southampton job. And I, I mean, I know he gets a bit of stick, doesn't he, Nathan Jones? But I've always I've always quite liked him. Maybe a bit of soft spot for him, but he's. Um, I think, like you said, there he's got a bit of. I think he's got the right character that Charlton needs in that, like he did at Luton, he can really get everyone together. And I think he, that's what it needs. It needs someone to go in there and sort of galvanise the team and the fan base and just really sort it out. It's a real mess at Charlton. They're 19th now and just three points from safety and everyone apart from uh, one team have got games in hand on them below them. So it's a really precarious position they're in. Um, it'd be interesting to see if that drop down, if it's last managing in the Premier League, how different that'll be for him, the, the big step back to where he was, what, a few years ago. So I think it'd be interesting to see how he, he gets on. But obviously the first port of call is keeping him in the league, isn't it? As daft as it might have sounded even a couple of months ago. It is, yeah, but it, it's straight in the deep end for him. You know, uh, this Saturday, the first fixture is uh, away to Reading, you know, a fellow sort of relegation rival, if you like. And then after they play Reading, they, they play Lincoln, who were, um, you know, sort, sort of uh, mid-table, if you like. But then after that, he's got three tough games um, at the end of February. Uh, he's got Bolton away, and then he's got Portsmouth at home and Derby away. So I think Charlton, not only are those three tough games, but Charlton have got a big say in terms of the promotion push, mm. push because that, that the results that they could get from those three games, away at Bolton, home... Uh, sorry, yeah, uh, away at Bolton, home to Portsmouth, away at Derby, that can affect how things um, will, will end up at, at the top. And, you know, Nathan Jones is the top manager to, to come in and get a result. But whether you can do that against those big clubs, if you can do, then then the whole sort of uh, playoff uh, places and the automatic places they're all in jeopardy because you mm. know Charlton could really disrupt where where a team finishes come the end of the season. But those three uh, matches back to back to back will not only be a big test for for Nathan Jones because they're probably the three best teams in the league. You know, if if we're being brutally honest, or, or if if not. You know that they're all in the in the top six there or thereabouts, but massively not only for Charlton and Nathan Jones in terms of tough fixtures where they need points to to climb away from that that relegation zone, which they're not far from at the moment, but also that that's going to have a real impact in in, in the uh, the top two and also the, the the playoff contention as well. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I mean, the it's those first two games look, isn't it? Reading they've got to pick up something there. I mean, a draw is not an awful result in that sort of game. It's a proper relegation six-pointer, if you like. Another team that are down there. And then Lincoln at home. It's not It's not an easy game. Lincoln have been sort of on the uptick. I know we'll talk about that a little bit later when they got their first win since November at the weekend. Um, so they're sort of looking upwards now. And it's it's an interesting one for him. And those first two games, how important they are to set a tone before those three difficult games, like you mentioned there. And they... They lost to Derby at the weekend, didn't they? It was uh, only 1-0, um, Mendes Lang goal. But I think it becomes a matter of performances as well for Charlton. If they can be sort of looking like they're going to pick up some points, maybe that's the, the first step for them. 
Well, yeah, although they end up losing the match, I don't think 1-0 against Derby is, is a bad result in terms of where Charlton are in the league, in terms of the threat we all know that, that Derby have. Until they concede 1-0, you know, um, Mendes Lang with the goal and assist from uh, from Bird, you know, two top quality players. You know, in fact, I, I don't think... Well, Bird certainly won't be, won't be here at the end of the season. He... I think he he's just on loan into it until the yeah, end of the yeah. season for Derby. He got a move in in the window. But Mendes Lang is a is a a great player, great quality player, and um, yeah, Charlton did well just just to make it one. Uh, Nathan Jones, uh, we we understand what the shot game, so at least that give gave him some sort of an idea. You know how uh, what what players might might play well in certain positions. You know he got a look at the team, albeit from uh, from from the stands, but at least he could see what he's he's going to have to deal with in in the next couple of weeks and until the end of the season. Yeah, you look at that. I mean, that's that's the key, isn't it? He's seen what he's what he's like, and he's got to hit the ground running. Coming in in February, it's a really weird time to be bringing in a new manager, and we'll talk about that in a minute with. Port Vale, but it's a just after the window. There's nothing he can do between now and the end of the season in terms of new players. Um, obviously, free agents. Maybe Dwight Gale. <laughs> um, he seems to be linked with everyone. But I think it's a it's interesting those first couple of games. If he can pick something up or look like they're on the upturn in those first couple, then who knows? They could sort of disrupt that top three, that top four in that uh, big run of games they've got after that. Yeah, massively. And uh, Nathan Jones is a is a, a quality manager, albeit you know his past couple of clubs haven't quite worked out. But you wouldn't put it past it to for Charlton to to climb up and and pull themselves away from uh, the relegation scrap. Yeah, definitely. And a, a new appointment at Charlton, but a sacking at Port Vale. Uh, Andy Cosby has been sacked. Four games without a win, only one win in eight for them. They're two points clear of the relegation zone. Another one of the sort of seven or eight teams are getting sucked into that relegation fight and again like I said a minute ago Nathan Jones a really weird time to be sacking a manager just after the window shut but uh, those runner games it's put him in trouble and he's gone yeah and I think uh, the sort of the straw that brought up the camel's back was uh, the result on Saturday where they they lost to uh, Fleetwood Fleetwood themselves have been in absolute dire form uh, but they were able to win 3-0 against Port Vale. Um, and in, ter- in terms of Andy Crosby, he's had four- 40 games in charge of the club, but only won 13. And that just sort of shows it's a really poor record. Um, mm. You know, 20th in League One, two points, only two points above the relegation zone. So clearly the hierarchy at, at Port Vale want to change. You know, yeah. they- they- it wasn't long. You know, at the start of the season, yes, they lost... Uh, you know, I'll get there in early. Yes, they lost to Barnsley on, on the first game uh, game of the season. But after that, they weren't on a great form. You know, they, they were sort of in, in amongst that top six and then just slowly and surely just, just dropped off a little bit. And, you know, it wasn't long ago um, since they were in that top half, if you like. But now only two points above the relegation zone. Clearly, they want someone in to, to, to pull them away from that danger. Uh, it's one that uh, come as a bit of a surprise. The, the like the run of form they've on. I mean, like you said about uh, Barnsley, but they, they played Lincoln probably a couple of months ago, and they they looked really well. I mean, a little Lincoln was struggling at that sort of stretch around Christmas, but they didn't look bad. And it's sort of this run of form, so they come out of nowhere. It seems like from the outside um, that it's brought the end for Cosby. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it, it's really interesting. You know, you do wonder. 
you spoke you spoken earlier about the timing. You know, the transfer deadline day only shut five days ago. So you know, Port Vale brought brought in a, cu- a couple of players, but the the manager's not obviously been been given the time to uh, let the players yeah. gel, let the players settle, to let them to see the qualities. You know, and and he's gone. So I do find that really mysterious and really sort of um, it doesn't quite sit right with me. I'll be honest. Um, it's a strange one, yeah. It is. It is a strange one. You know, uh, Crosby's been, joined originally as uh, Daryl Clark's assistant in 2021 and, and took over a couple of times uh, as interim, uh, but then took over permanently in um, April 2023. Uh, so he's been there a while, you know, not necessarily always involved as head coach. But um, yeah, it's, it, it is a weird one, really. It, it is a really weird one. Who are they going to get in at this late stage in the season? You know, Neil Warnock's not available, just just gone to Aberdeen. I, I can't think of anyone that, that, that come in and turn things around really quickly, which is clearly what, what Port Vale need. And, and off the top of my head, I, I can't think of anyone. Yeah, and it'll just be down to um, to sort of uh, some, some I, I mean, you imagine, an, an in-house caretaker manager probably stepping up from, from the academy, um, which, is, again, is not really what Port Vale needs. Uh, they need someone that 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 perhaps has been in a relegation battle before that that knows what it takes to get out of a scrap, or they're going to end up in trouble at the end of the season. You've dodged a bullet there because I was just about to ask you who you thought might take over. So you've done really well. Um, I've sort of had a scratch around for some names just before uh, we recorded here, and the only one I can sort of come up with that I can make any sort of sense for, which isn't that much sense to it would be uh, Gareth Ainsworth. Um, he's out of a job yeah. and he's da- he likes being down um, sort of the south side of the country. I know he likes being in London, which obviously Port Vale isn't. Um, but that's only one I, that's the thing that's sort of making me second guess that one is it's not really, he likes staying towards London, doesn't he? But um, that's the only name I can sort of spring um, out for that one. Um, it's a, it's a strange time to be sacking someone. It really is. Um, Cause surely they've had some sort of idea that they were wanting to do it and could have done it even a couple of weeks ago. Then there's a bit of time still in the window. Um, but yeah, maybe like you said, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, it's just, they'd lost to Fleetwood and that's the, the unacceptable thing. The sort of the manner of that was all three nil. Um, that's just cost him his job here at the end of a, what has been a poor run for them. Yeah. Um, I don't know if if Angus would go there, and if if he went, would he go maybe on a short deal until the end of the season? Or I'm not. You're right. There's the only the name best. I can sort of come yeah. up with. There seems to just be no one really that stands out because obviously you get the same people linked to all the League One jobs that are available, don't you? But nothing yeah. really stands out for me. And I know Mark Kennedy's been out of a job since he left Lincoln in. October, but I mean, it's just what it's just names are sort of poking out. I mean, it's it's a really strange situation, then. Yeah, it's sort of Ainsworth is probably the best of a, of a bad bunch, perhaps that that are available and 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 that would come in to take over. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not quite sure, but they need well, they need clearly some, someone to come in and and get a couple of results. Um, and it's not helped. I think they've had a, a couple of injuries, haven't they? Haven't they up up top? Mm. So um, to have to have the two main strikers out out injured probably not not help them at all. But yeah, it's really unfortunate timing. Um, but 
they're in a really unfortunate position. So then they obviously needed some change and, and hopefully new manager in and, and hopefully they can spring bounce and, and 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 do better come the end of the season. Definitely, yeah. And um sort of pivoting really to the uh January transfer window. Now it's slammed shut the first podcast since uh, the end of the window. And I'm gonna ask you, Seb, who do you think has been the best acquisition or the best signing in the window here in in League One? Uh, well, I'll be honest, to be fair, there's, we, we were speaking before we came on that it ha- it's actually been quite quiet in terms of mm. um, previous windows, both summer and, and, and January windows. You know, we, it's, all, it's always said that the January window is it's a bit of an odd time. It always comes, you know, because no player really wants to leave their club. And, and if a, a club wants a certain player, players less inclined to leave in January than drive away till the summer. So yeah. generally generally the window is quieter. But um this January there just hasn't been that much really to uh to, to chat about. Um I, think it's one did... I know something that Michael Scabala said in one of his press comments basically like if they're available in January there's there's usually a reason for that. You know it's yes. none of them. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not always going to get a great player in January. That that's true. One one that did stand out uh for me, was um, the move that I, I didn't quite see coming was uh, Aaron Collins from Bristol Rovers to Bolton. Uh, we know had 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 done solid really for for Bristol Rovers. I think it was uh, their, their top goal scorer before he left. But move to Bolton sort of give them something different in in their attack. He's proven himself in in League One with uh, with the gas with, with Bristol Rovers, uh, both so far this season and in the previous years as well, um, when they're in the lower leagues. But it's a great, solid sign, I think, for Bolton. Uh, someone, if he doesn't start, definitely a quality option off, off the bench. Uh, you know, and Bolton have already got the like, likes of Victor Adebayo and Dion Charles as well. So their attack is already quite strong. But then to have Collins come off the bench, uh, he, he can grab the assist on his debut against Barnes as well. So already making an instant impact. But um, I think that would be mine. Yeah. What, what about yours? Who would be your standout? So you've been reading my notes. That was, that was on there, man. It's taking the words out of my mouth for that one. Um, yeah, no, I know. I, I think, I mean, Collins is a great sound, like you said, and I, I picked out a couple. Um, There's not many more to uh, choose, so I don't think, is there? I know, not really. <laughs> I think I've got the only other two. I have uh, Lyle Taylor, who's obviously moved from Wickham, to Cambridge in sort of a similar boat, another proven League One striker. Uh, and he's hit the ground running. I think it's three and four for him so far at Cambridge. Um, he's looking really well, and I think he's a he's a really good player. I do quite like Lil Taylor. Uh, and the other one I've picked out um, is Owen Moxon, who has moved from Carlisle to Portsmouth. Uh, probably, for my money, one of the best midfielders in the division. Or statistically, he's up there in terms of the best midfielders in the division. Um, that feels like a big loss for Carlisle for me in their sort of relegation fight. Um, but it's hard to he- keep hold of a player like that when you've got the best team in the league knocking at your door for him. Yeah, yeah. And, and to be fair, not not just Mox as well. I think Portsmouth have, have done well to pick up a, a couple of other players. Um, well, Carlisle themselves have not done great, but... He's obviously a player of of good quality. They brought in Tom McIntyre as well uh, from from Reading did Portsmouth, and he's a, a great a solid uh, centre half option as well. Uh, Callum Lang from from Wigan as well. These are all great signings, sort of solid League One, you know, possibly lower end championship. So they are sort of planning ahead, I think, for if if they don't get promoted, which uh, 
well, you can never say never given the, the past couple of seasons where they have dropped off. Um, but he, he's he's a great player. Um, well, they're all great players, uh, and I think it's it's good planning on Portsmouth's behalf. Um, yeah, the fact that they 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 are sort of planning for life in in the championship. Um, with with those signings, including uh, Moxon. I think we are just having a, a couple of technical difficulties, but uh, we'll get Jamie back as soon as possible. Uh, he also mentioned uh, Lyle Taylor, uh, you know, proven League One goal scorer with with Charlton, uh, as with um, well, he, he spent a bit of time at. at Wickham as well at the start of the season uh, and, and he eventually moved to Cambridge. He's got that relationship with uh, Macaulay Bond uh, now uh, at, at Cambridge. So almost sort of a replica of the partnership they had uh, at Charlton. Um, yeah, Bond and Taylor uh, yeah, at, at back together as uh, they were in the Charlton days. So those are probably probably the, the highlight signings. Jamie's just trying to get back for his uh, internet connection. Uh, in terms of the 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 club that perhaps did the best, uh, I think was uh, Portsmouth. In in my opinion, they brought in clever signings. You know, they had the injury to to Robertson, uh, and they were able to bring in uh, replacements for him. Um, Derby did well to bring uh, a couple of players in as well. Barnsley. Couple on deadline day as well. Uh, Josh Earl from Fleetwood on a permanent basis. Um, yeah, uh, all across. But in general, uh, it was a bit of a, a quieter a window um, for League One. Uh, and I, I think we're just awaiting uh, Jamie to come back uh, and then we can crack on with the rest of the game. What's set to come is a sort of uh, a look at the the games from the weekend uh, including the the big one at the bottom Fleetwood Port Vale and the big one at the top as well between Bolton and Barnsley just awaiting Jamie to come back and it's been a couple of minutes now but uh, I'm sure we can uh, wait for him to come back and here he is in there fact Jamie go. the wonder returns I don't know what's happening let me totally waff- gone. Let I'm, me on, I'm on, on the hot spot now. Um, just let me waffle on for the past past couple of minutes. But we were out. I sort of well, I say just just the same. But uh, I think um, well, although it's been a quiet window in general, I think Portsmouth have bought well and they bought clever. Bought a couple of extra signings. Uh, you know, Callum Lang from Wigan, uh, a shrewd bit of business. McIntyre from from Reading. I mentioned earlier. Boxing, as you pointed out as well. So they've obviously prepared for the championship. Um, because those are probably lower child championship quality players uh, should should they get promoted come the end of the season. But if they don't, then they're still very good League One players. Definitely, that's it. I mean, they've they've assembled a really a good squad and they've added to it nicely in, in this window. And it's probably the standout um, club in terms of transfers. Uh, and at Lincoln, I don't think have done too badly, especially towards the end, a couple of decent additions. Um, but yeah, Portsmouth have really. Uh, really improved there. And uh, before we move on to the uh, the games of the weekend and a little bit about Oxford, if there's a bit of an issue going on there, uh, we'll take a very quick break. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So, welcome back to the League One podcast this week and we will move on now uh, to the games from the weekend as we look back um, on another round, a full round of uh, League One games. Four red cards in 12 games. Um, I'll let you start, say, with your game. Barnsley won, Bolton Wanderers won. That Devante Cole goal in the fifth minute um, sort of cancelled out by Zach Ashworth in the second and a draw for two teams fighting for promotion. Yeah, it's weird uh, the way you've just put that. Because uh, so, yeah, as you said, Barnsley scored it in the in the first half, and Bolton scored in the second half. But actually, uh, both teams had their sort of uh, the the best chances, the best the best sort of period of play in the opposing half. So Barnsley did better in the second half, despite scoring it in the first, and Bolton did better in the first half, despite scoring in the second. Uh, so Barnsley got quite a few chances in the second half and were just um, caught out by, well, I think the Barnsley players wanted a foul on, on Herbie Kane. It, it wasn't given um, and then uh, the cross, crossing box from, from Collins and, and was nodded by Ashworth. But Devante Cole uh, got, got in the early goal from the uh, the Barry Cotter throwing. Uh, great sort of great to see some some set pieces uh, proving dividend between two sides. Uh, and yeah, Barnsley probably I think came away with this going into the game. You you'd want a point. Well, you take a point really. Uh, you know, Bolton uh, a solid. They were on a great run of form. Uh, so you would take a point. However, Barnsley's overall performance, uh, I think, probably should have taken three. But we come away with a point, which is which which is obviously better than none. Um, but given the performance, especially in that second half. Where we did have the majority of the ball, uh, you would have taken three points. But a solid point against a solid side, uh, and Devante Cole's going uh, yet again. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Doncaster fan. I don't ever hide it too well. Um, we had Devante Cole, and you come to the band or we had Banjo, and I know he's gone up to Bolton, and now he he can't stop scoring. Um, I always taken, look yeah, in, yeah. It's I always see when years. he scored. And... It's taken a few years for him to get scoring. I think he, he joined the club in 2021. Uh, and it was only last season where he really got firing, mm. and then continued that in, into this season as well. But before that, he, uh, yeah, he, he he was poor. He's actually second spell at the club. He he, he was on loan when he was like nineteen, twenty something mm. player. Uh, but yeah, second spell at the club. But he he's great. I think it's eighteen for the season now. He's out of contract this 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 summer, so certainly one to uh, to watch out for. Um, but yeah, eighteenth, uh, I think it was of of the season at the weekend against Bolton. But yeah, clearly Doncaster Rovers didn't you know didn't see the best uh, best quality Devante Cole, and fortunately Barnsley, I've seen that right now. 
So is the way. When we had Alfie May and we couldn't make him score goals the way we played to him and then he's left and now he, no one can't stop scoring. But uh, you mentioned there with uh, Barnsley that it's not a bad point. And I think especially in the light that Peterborough lost, didn't they, this weekend? Their unbeaten run, incredible unbeaten run, is over. Um, lost to Wigan. It was a 24-game, that can't be right, 14 games, I think, in the league. Uh, it's their first loss since uh, November 11th. Which was against? Can you have a guess who that was against on November eleventh? Bolton, Wigan. That's the Wigan. That's wow. The wow. Link, uh, Wigan have done the double over them, which was um, quite funny. Two goals in injury time for Peter Mekin. It may be a bit more respectable, but they three 0 down um, going into injury time, and it's a defeat for Darren Ferguson's man. Yeah, I mean. Um... That result in itself has seen sort of Peterborough just just slightly just come back in the league. I think they, they were second uh, before the start of the the games on Saturday, so they have dropped down to fourth, three points now off off second. So it just shows sort of how tight it is at, at the top. I feel like I'm uh, on repeat every week, but it is it's really tight there. And Peterborough just just losing one game as I've seen them drop down two places. So it's it's really tight in there. Um, I wouldn't read too much into this, although uh, we can. Ha- I've got the double over Peterborough. I think Peterborough are, are a strong side, so I-, I think they'll obviously come back. Uh, I can't really. I know next up they've got um, Exeter away. I can't see them losing to Exeter, but I, you never know. But I, I, I see them be able to come back stronger uh, from this. Just, just a little blip. Um, but just, just, just on Peterborough. Um, I don't know if you saw, but, but deadline day, Coventry signed um, Ephraim Mason Clark. Mm, yeah. But then they've, they've agreed to loan him straight back. Loaned him back yeah. for the end of, for the end of the season. So current, the current top goal scorer this season, and they haven't got uh, much use of him for, for much longer, given he's going at the end of the season. But I just thought that was quite interesting, given that he he has got fifteen so far this season for, for, for Porsche and, and has been one of their and, and the league's better players th- this season and they're, they're going to miss him where, when he goes in, in in the summer but yeah it's, in terms of that, that result at Wigan I wouldn't read too much into it yes it was a disappointing defeat uh, but no doubt they'll, they'll come, come back stronger I mean it's one of those these sort of runs they have to come to an end eventually they can't keep winning uh, every week and yeah like you mentioned uh, there with um Coventry coming in for Mason Clark. I mean, they've he's gone at the end of the season, and Johnson Clark Harris looks like he's going to leave um, at the end of the season as well with his contract running out. So if they do get promoted, it would be very interesting to see how they get on if they're the two of their best attacking outlets um, both on their way out. It looks like that um, that that Mason that sorry not Mason Clark that uh, Clark Harris situation. I just can't get my head around. So obviously. Bonkers, he, he was he was set to go in the summer to Bristol Rovers, uh, for every reason that that didn't work out, you know. And then it was it was I think more or less agreed that then he'd go in in the January window. Yeah. He agreed the fee. Well, it looked like it was going to go back to to Bristol Rovers, but it was actually going to be Charlton. So he agreed a fee with Charlton, uh, and and Peterborough wanted to to, to get rid of him. You know, it's it's a, it's a big earner for for League One. You know, it's uh, it's a lot of money off off the wage bill. Um, if if they do. Uh, well, if they do get rid of him to another club, so it looked to set set as if he was going to go join Charlton, but they couldn't agree personal term, so he didn't end yeah. up going. So he's ended up staying staying at Peterborough. He's not actually been that involved for for Peterborough 
this season and, and has, actually has spent a lot of time on, on the bench. Yes, he's probably earning, uh, I think he's uh, one of, if not the biggest earner at, at the club, but he's not actually playing. If he went to Charlton, I, I think he'd be playing every week. He'd, he'd, be, he'd be there, their, their focal point, their, their number nine target man. And, and, and the club agreed it, but just they, they couldn't agree personal terms. So now Peterborough have got a player that they don't really want, and and if anything they want to get rid of. But they've been they've been forced, if you like, to to, to pay his wages. Um, so maybe they'll be glad when when he goes in in the summer. You know, don't don't get me wrong. He, he's been great, a great servant for the club. But just to get rid of uh, his his wage uh, off off the books of the club. Yeah, it's an interesting, wasn't it? What it's been sort of like a saga. I know in January when we were doing the. The League One podcast. It seemed every week we'd do a Johnson Clark Harris update just because there was something new, um, a new revelation in that. But yeah, it looks like it's going to peter out towards the end of the season there. Um, but somewhere that uh, another team who are hoping they won't peter out towards the end of the season uh, is Portsmouth. They're top of the league still, a 4 1 victory against Northampton. But before we talk about the actual game, have you seen the red card in this game? So Tom McIntyre with one of the worst red card decisions I've ever seen uh yeah I've, I've seen this one um i don't think it's as bad as people are making out well wow. there's, there's definitely a foul there I, I can see it did take me a few watches uh, of this you know i did have to watch it a couple of times i can see why the referee has has given the red card i can see i'm, I'm not this is, this is not this is not me he's this missed is not me, him this is not me agreeing with the referee you know, maybe a yellow card, fair enough. But I can see why he's given the red card. Wow. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting a like a pylon for the a full, um, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I it's harsh for well for, for Tom McIntyre on his debut, he's, he's gonna miss uh, three games, uh, obviously suspended. But uh, I, I can see why don't get me wrong, it like it, it is harsh, like I say. Um but I can't I, in the referee's defence, I can see why he's given it. Yeah. Um, I think from his vantage point, it probably looked like he did catch him. I know from like the angle that's um, behind the uh, attacker, that he doesn't, he's not touched him, or at best, he's brushed him. Uh, as in from the the referee's perspective on the other side, it looks like he cleared him out. Really, yeah, um, yeah. So it's one of those, isn't it? It's a perspective issue there. Um, but on the actual game, as I said, a four-one victory. A con- that's a con- really convincing win. Um, and yeah, it's a it's four games unbeaten now for them, and it's the second time this season that they've scored four in a game. Um, I won't make you quiz on that one. It was Leighton Orient, the other team they've scored. Four yeah, I don't ever got that. But I think what was impressive for me is is uh, when they did go down to ten for the red card, uh, they scored two goals afterwards. You know, not mm. when when sides normally go down to ten. You know, they're a little bit more defensive, a little bit more reserved. But uh, not not with Portsmouth, they, they end up get, getting two. Go- I mean, yes, they conceded one uh, when they were down to ten, but they went out. You know, they didn't prevent sort of their 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 attacking rhythm. The flow of the game, they went out and and, and scored two more uh, through well through uh, Lane and and Davidson Lang as well. So um, yeah, Portsmouth were definitely a force to be reckoned with, uh, even with uh, with only ten men. Uh, but yeah, a, a great dominant performance uh, from from pumping Northampton. I'll be honest, I wasn't surprised that that, that they fell to a defeat, um, but. Overall, I think that the season has, has has been pretty good. You know, sit, sitting in eleventh currently, um, I think 
fans of, of Northampton will be more than happy with, with their position and not too disappointed with a defeat uh, to, to Portsmouth. Uh, we all know the, the quality they possess. We, we spoke earlier about the, the players that they brought in during the window as well. So, um, yeah, a, a, a good victory for, for, for Portsmouth, Paddle Brace as well. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, I think of, overall, a, a good performance. Definitely a good performance for Portsmouth and a great performance for Lincoln. A 1-0 win away at Burton. They played 60 minutes with 10 men after Alex Mitchell got sent off in the first half. It's their first win since November, uh, but three draws in a row. They're now unbeaten in four and three clean sheets in a row as well. So it, it's on the up. I know I talked about last week and maybe this will just do a bit of a, a victory lap that I talked about last week that they were on the up um, a good couple of performances against Derby and Peterborough and they've got the win that they've kind of been uh, working their way towards in those couple of games. Um, and you've got, you've got to fight really hard to so 60 plus minutes with 10 men and they've pulled out um, a victory away from home at Burn, it's not an easy place to go either. And Rico Hackett scoring the goal for them, ex-Portsmouth, of course. Um, and yeah, it's a, I think it's a really cracking result for Lincoln, that one. Yeah, I think so as well. And uh, Burton, uh, obviously now under the ownership of, uh, not ownership, uh, under the, the management of uh, Patterson, only his third game in, in charge. So you would have expected a, a, a dominant display. You know, uh, the, the two prior to that, they, they'd won and they'd drawn um and then to come to this one and, and fall to defeat to Lincoln. Um yeah, a bit disappointed for Burton, but in terms of Lincoln to uh, to cling on for, for just just more than sixty minutes with ten men and to uh, to get the goal just after half time, a, a key a key time really. Uh you know, just after the both teams that had come out for the second period. So a key time to, to get that goal and they were able to, to hang on. Um and claim the three points. So yeah, a, a good sort of uh, battling display for mm. for for Albion and, and uh, for City even and unbeaten in four, as you said. So pretty solid run. Um, under Scabala. Yeah, I think battling's probably the the best word, isn't it, for a performance like that? Really pulling something out of nothing with a um, a victory with ten men for such a long time. And Ben House, it was his first game back, came off the bench after his long term injury, and that only. That certainly can be good for Lincoln, pushing them um, maybe a little bit further with a, another attacking option. And Conor McGrandall's made his re-debut for the club. He joined on deadline day, right at the 11th hour. At 10 o'clock, they announced that. Um, he signed reach, on loan but uh, from Charlton. Uh, obviously, left Lincoln to go to Charlton in uh, 2021, I think, a couple of years ago, not too long ago. Uh, but he's back and, yeah, played a nice cameo by all accounts there. Um so moving on, then we've talked a little bit about Port Vale and their defeat to Fleetwood. Well, the other end of it uh, is a Fleetwood win, fourteen games without one, and they've finally got one. It's their first since the eleventh of November, which was also a three nil win. Uh, that one against Exeter. I'm pulling out all the the quirky pulling stats, all the stats today. today. Yeah, yeah. Um, liking it, liking it. And it's it's a first win for Charlie Adam as a as a manager. Yeah, I mean, uh, going into this one, two sides around the bottom. Um, so it could have gone one or two ways, you know. Could it could have been high scoring or it could have been just so, sort of a, a ball draw that, that sort of just peters out with two teams of, of poor quality. But fortunately, um, Fleetwood were able to uh, show uh, a glimpse of, of, of what they can do and what they are capable of. 
um, with a, a three 0 victory over Port Vale, and and, and as you said, does does end the the fourteen game uh, winless run, and I, I believe a first win on, under Charlie Adam is is that right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, first win. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think um, yeah, a, a great win for Fleetwood brings them off the foot of the table for yeah. for the first time in, in a while, albeit it's still eight points from from safety, but you can only go you know you can only go go one step at a time and, and they've gone that one step by my moving one place so terrific victory for, for Fleetwood I just need to push on now um, and use that as some sort of momentum we've seen Jaden Stockley scoring and, and, and Ryan Broom as well Stockley is is when he's on it he's a great player in, to have in League One uh, and Fleetwood certainly need to uh, make the most of that you know Josh Earl came to Barnsley Jack Marriott left as well yeah. um, so they have lost a couple of players but it's for the players that are currently there to to step up and to prove that, that Fleetwood are our League One side and don't deserve to be relegated. Yeah, it's a huge win, isn't it? Just getting those points on the board and ending such a bad run. It's You'll be hoping as a Fleetwood fan that that'll be the thing that will spark something rather than it being a, a flash in the pan. They can go on a run in the opposite direction now. Um, they've got those three points. Uh, eight points from safety they are, uh, with Port Vale in 20th. So, I mean, it's still a really poor situation for them to be in. Uh, Cheltenham and Reading above them in the relegation places and Carlisle dropping to the foot of the table. So, an interesting one that they've picked up a win, but they're still in a really poor spot. Yeah, really poor. Uh, but they will they will be hoping to um, to make sure it's not just, as you said, just a one-off. That this is just an example uh, of what they are capable of and, and, and they'll be hoping to use this as a sort of a springboard. Uh, the next couple of games are, are both away, Bristol Rovers and then Lincoln before uh, Reading at home and then Barnsley at home is, is their next four. So that Reading match at home is is crucial. Um, the Bristol Rovers and, and Lincoln won, not not so, sort of, but both teams um, punching above their weight uh, probably this season. But you need they need to get... As much as possible from as many games as possible, but that 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 Reading game will will be key for for Fleetwood. Mm. You mentioned Reading, and that is the the last thing uh, we've got to talk about this week. And it was their uh, opponents, Oxford, a, a draw in that one, and it's Oxford now four games without a win after that draw on Saturday, and they're one point now outside the playoffs. It's an interesting one. When Des Buckingham, um, sorry, sorry, took over in. November when Liam Manning was sacked, I should say. Uh, they were second in the table. They're now seventh. Uh, so it's a bit of a drop. And there's some really great teams in, in those playoffs. So they've they've slipped behind that um, the, the pack that are going for the automatics. And I don't think it's anywhere near panic stations, but a little bit of a struggle they're in. And a, a draw against a team at the wrong end of the table, like Reading, it's, it's not a good sign. No, I mean, I for one, I'll be honest, when Oxford were up there at the start of the season, I didn't expect them to maintain that. So I'm not surprised to see them uh, drop off away from uh, the, the top six because um, I, I didn't expect them to be there in the first place. But you're right in terms of some of the performances, some of the results uh, that we've seen from, from Oxford in in recent weeks. Uh they are, of course, going to be some concern. I, I could, I could see them dropping down even further as well. Um, currently in seventh, as as you said, but Blackpool are, are in eighth, 
And I, I see Blackpool pushing for the final playoff spot. Um, and I do see Oxford sort of uh, dropping off a little bit. But it is a concern, I think, um, dropping off uh, so far down. Uh, but I think they were always overachieving anyway uh, at the start of the season by sitting so high so early on. Um, we have seen some some glimpses of some good performances, you know, managed to get a, a home draw to Portsmouth. Um but then they, they drew at Reddit, so it sort of uh sort of contradicts itself, you know, holding on for for, for that home point against the promotion chasing uh Portsmouth, which they are, but then also home the week after drawing to, to relegation threat and Reddit. So probably lacking consistency a little bit. Um, you know, taking two steps forward and then one step back. It, it's not it's not quite sticking. Um some of the performances haven't been great. League table position, you know, it's good. It's probably where you'd expect Oxford to be. But given the start of the season, it is a little bit disappointing to see them uh, sort of drop out of, of the playoff uh, reckoning. Uh, for me, I, I, I didn't expect them to, to be in the, the promotion pusher. So I probably would would have put them at the start of the season around 7th, 8th place in, in the league so for me they're sort of meeting expectations but compared to where they were at the start it, it is a bit of a disappointment Yeah I think it's interesting I mean I think it shows um, how good Liam Manning was doing wasn't it before you got that move Yeah oh, massively to yeah. Bristol yeah. it really does I mean they've got players like Cameron Brennan I mean, he's he's a championship footballer I don't think there's any debate on that uh, anymore Ruben Rodriguez obviously a good player they've got I think they've got a decent squad and they've got a top half of the league squad if not that it's a squad that should be pushing for the playoffs, which is obviously where they are. Um, so maybe you're right in that they were overachieving a little bit under Liam Manning. Maybe they are adjusting to where you'd expect them to be. Um, but it's an interesting one to keep an eye on, see if they can sort of turn it around in the next few. They've got Blackpool next week. Um, Ooh, tough game. Tough game, really yeah. Interesting one, really tough game. Yeah. On, you'll catch on Thursday... Um, Callum and Sam, they'll be talking like a preview for the weekend. I'm sure they'll be talking about that one, a real fight for those teams pushing towards the playoffs, that one. Can I uh, just just ask quickly, Jamie, did you did you expect Oxford to drop off like I did or did you think they'd, they'd hang on there? I don't I don't think I expected them to drop off as quickly. I mean, Des Buckingham came in with such hype and it was at the time Lincoln were looking for a manager and he was one of the names... Rumoured with that, it was the favourite for a, a few days, and it was uh, we were all ready for the announcement. Get ready, type Des Buckingham on the keyboard, sort of thing. But it didn't happen. He ended up at Oxford. Obviously, he came up um, coaching through the academy at Oxford, so it made sense that he's, he went back there. But um, with all the hype that he had, and obviously he's in the city group, isn't he? he was at Mumbai, and he'd done some work in New Zealand and Australia. And despite how young he is, he's got great coaching experience um he's been coaching for quite a while and i was expecting a little bit of a drop off but not this much i was expecting him still to be in the the playoffs and pushing for the automatics rather than looking up to the playoffs and yeah it's an interesting one for me they've they've had a few poor results along the way i know it was against coventry they got battered didn't they in the fa cup which one that stands out for me and it's an interesting one that it hasn't gone so smoothly but it's a big adjustment isn't it into the the football league with the with the schedule, I guess maybe that's one of the things that as um, Des Buckingham might be struggling with, and it'll come with time, I think. Yeah, and, and not all of that is uh, the the teams that are above them in in the league table 
they are good teams. You know, they are they are quality teams. Uh, Portsmouth Derby currently top two, and then the the top six. Uh, other than uh, Stevenage, you probably would expect them to be there. You know, Bolton, Peterborough, Barnsley, and then Stevenage uh, just sneaking in, in in sixth place. You probably would expect all those teams to to be there. So I'm not really surprised to see um, Oxford sort of beaten to those places. Maybe if they had snuck in, snuck into sixth place, uh, I wouldn't have been too surprised. But I, I'd, I'd, I probably would have have had them around seventh, eighth position in in the league. But um, yeah, there's just some quality teams in in the division, um, in in that top eight, if you like. Uh, I know Sam always says that the league sort of split into three mini leagues of eight. Yeah. You've got the top eight, you've got the middle eight, and then you've got the bottom eight. Bottom eight. Um, so I did expect Oxford to just be in that top eight. Um, so I, I'm not too surprised by the, the the downfall. But it's not really a downfall. It's just... Uh, no, they're still uh, seventh. It's, not, it's one of those, isn't yeah. it? I picked it out and they're still seventh. Yeah, yeah they're, they're sort of meeting expectation rather than yeah. exceeding expectation. Fantastic. I mean, that's a, a nice note to end on there. Uh, a little bit of discussion. It looks ahead to to Thursday as well. Uh, Sam and Callum, you can join them as they look ahead to the weekend coming in. You can join us same place, same time next week as we'll review another weekend of League One action. So thank you everyone for listening. Thank you everyone for watching on YouTube. Uh, and this has been the League One podcast from Lower League Look. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.